Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you for this morning. We we'll lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. We cannot thank you enough, but we thank you. We cannot appreciate you enough, Father, but we thank you. Where we were this time last year is not where we are right now. Father, we thank you. Where we were at the beginning of the year is not where we are right now. Lord, we thank you. Accept our thanks, Father. Be glorified and be magnified. In every life present here today, Father, be magnified. In every life that is watching us online, be magnified. Father, give us individual and specific testimony. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, I'm going to read two verses, verse 50 and verse 51. John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51. John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51. We started looking at this passage uh, yesterday in our 10 hour prayers. If you are there, shout hallelujah. John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Amen. I want to repeat that for someone here today. I said, thou shalt see greater things than these. And I want to repeat that for Christ's chapel. Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, verse 51, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open. Somebody, is, no, somebody has not grabbed that. Amen. I say, Hereafter you shall see heaven open. Amen. And the angels of God ascending and descending Amen. upon the Son of Man. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the, the, the aspect of that passage we want to look at today is where it says, you shall see heaven open. Amen. Tell somebody, I shall see, I shall see heaven, heaven, open. heaven open. Jacob, we know his story in the Bible. He saw the heavens open. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 11 to verse 18. The heavens were opened upon Jacob. He had a dream. He saw a ladder. The ladder touched from heaven to earth. And the Bible says he saw angels of God ascending and descending. And like somebody said, he said when they ascended, they are taking somebody's request to heaven. Whose request have been taken to heaven? But you see, they did not just ascend. They, they followed up with what? They came down. And when they came, they came with answers. They came with blessings. Amen. They came to tell somebody that it is done. Amen. On that day that Jacob had this dream, Jacob was afraid. He was running away from his brother. He got to a point, a point of covenant, but he himself did not know. Someone is here today. 
And today is a day that will change your destiny. Amen. Today is a day that will declare a new thing in your life. Amen. But you may not know. But either you know it or not, it doesn't stop God from being what he will do. And I know that God has proposed to bless somebody. And that person will not live empty-handed in Jesus' name. The Bible says, then God met him. God introduced himself. He said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, God of Isaac. He said, the land where thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. As thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, you will spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, these were serious promises for a man who was afraid, for a man who was running away from his brother. And then the Lord gave him an assurance. The same assurance I want to give someone here today. In verse 15, he said, Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee, in all places whither thou goest. Amen. I pray for someone here today. The Lord will be with you. Amen. The Lord will keep you. Amen. The Bible says, He that keepeth Israel, thus what? Neither sleeps nor slumber. He's never tired. By the time we finished praying here yesterday, some of us were tired. I was tired. Because I stood there for most of the day. But we serve a God who is what? Never tired. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. When he says now, what does he mean? He means now. And for someone here today, God is saying now. Amen. I say, God is saying now. Amen. He said, I will keep you in all the places that you go. And I will bring you again to this land. He said, for I will not leave thee. Tell somebody, God will not leave you. Now look at it. He said, until I have done that which I have spoken unto, to, to thee of. Our God is a God of divine fulfillment. When he speaks, he brings it to pass. Amen. Someone's time has come. Amen. The season of your fulfillment has come. Amen. He will show forth on your behalf. Amen. And you know what, brethren? When the Bible says, when Jacob woke up, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And then he did something. He rose up in the morning, he took the stone that, on which he put his uh, pillows, he set it up as a pillar, he poured oil upon it. He established an altar. And that was significant. Because after that day, God in the seasons and the lives of Jacob was always making reference to that day. Tell somebody that day. When Jacob went to bed, it was like any other night. In fact, it was a, not a good night. Was it a good night? As far as he was concerned, when he was going to bed that night, it wasn't a good night. How could it be a good night when his pillow was a stone? How could it be a good night when he was going to lie down in the wilderness? There was no tent. There was no house. He had a father. His father was a rich man. But you see, the way we look at things is not the way God looks at things. And I want to assure someone here today, there shall be a divine turnaround. Amen. I said, there shall be a divine turnaround. Amen. And your own testimony, tell somebody your own testimony, will be glorious in Jesus' name. In Genesis 31, Genesis 31, from verse 11 to verse 13, you see Jacob recounting his encounter and even going to the house of his in-laws, the house of Laban, 
the man that gave him two wives and all his concubines. He said, God appeared to him. Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. He said, I am the God of Bethel. Where thou anointest the pillar, where thou vowest a vow unto me. God made a reference to that day. I want you to get up, brethren. God said, what you did that day, you may not think it's significant, but it's recorded in my book. I pray for someone here today. Amen. Your efforts are not in vain. Amen. The book of remembrance will be open concerning you. Amen. The good deeds you have done, for which you are even even rewarded. Do you realize that? There are some good deeds you did that men looked at you and they rewarded you for, with evil. God will remember them today. Amen. Not only will he remember them, he will use that as the basis of your next promotion in Jesus' name. Because what he did, he told him, he said, now arise. Get thee out of this land. Return to the land of thy country. That was Genesis 31. In Genesis 35, after what the children of Jacob did, when they killed the men of Shechem, all the male in that, in that land, because their sister Dinah was defiled, the Bible says, God appeared to Jacob again. God would appear to you. Amen. You see, when you have a covenant with God, I hope you know it's a covenant-keeping God. Yes, he doesn't fail in his covenant. So long as you are faithful, he is faithful. He appeared to Jacob again. And what did he say in verse, uh, Genesis 35, verse 1? He said, Arise. Go to Bethel and dwell there. Make there an altar to God, an altar that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of Esau, thy brother. How would you get up, brethren? God came to him and made a reference to that day again. It's a day to remember, a day of reckoning. And so Jacob told his people, Let us go. Let us go. And the Bible says in verse 5, verse 5, and they journeyed. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Because their tendency was to do what? Was to pursue. Because of what the sons of Jacob had done. They destroyed a whole city. They ensured that there was no man remaining. They took their wives and their children. And they took their sister away. But because of the covenant of God with Abraham, with Isaac... And with Jacob, the Bible says the terror of God was upon the cities and the land. As you continue your journey through life, the terror of God will be upon your enemy. Amen. As you continue your journey through life, those that have declared that you will not fulfill destiny, God's terror will be upon them. Amen. As you continue, you know, the Jew was preaching one day. He said when the Bible says, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of who? He said, why will your enemies be watching you eat and they will not strike? And they will not do anything? He says, because God has paralyzed them. Amen. Everyone that says you will not eat at your own table, God himself will paralyze them in Jesus' name. There is a weapon called the terror of God. God can release it upon human beings. He can release it upon countries. He can release it upon cities. He can release it upon nations. The Bible says, you know, it's in the Bible. It says, I gave Ethiopia for thee. God can give a nation for you. Amen. If you are one of his covenant children. Are there any covenant children in the house today? God will arise for you in Jesus' name. Amen. He will fight for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Jacob himself. In Genesis chapter 48, verse 3 to 6, when he was blessing the children of, uh, the children of Joseph, he went back and made reference to that encounter. He said, I mean, I'm reading from verse 3. Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at loose in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me. God will bless you. Amen. Somebody does not like that. Amen. I said, God will bless you. Amen. He said, and he said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee. I'm not hearing enough amen for that. He said, I will make of thee a multitude of people. Amen. I will give this land to thy seed after thee. Amen. For what? An everlasting possession. Not temporary. Not for five years. Not for a hundred years. For what? An everlasting. Brethren, it's only God that can do that. So what God is saying he will do is what only God can do. When Christ Chapel started, we didn't know we were going to be what we are today. The members of the church were myself, my wife, and my two children. Two of my children were born here. We were born here in Barry. But those were the members. And then God began to raise help. God will raise help unto you. Amen. He will raise up help unto you. Amen. On the day your helper arises, you will not be found wanting. Amen. You know, some people, when their helpers come, what, have, what has happened? They've gone. They may not even be dead. They've just gone. Because there's something called a divine appointment. And a divine appointment has a location. When the Lord says, go to so-so and so place. You know, like he told, uh, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Elijah? He said, go to that place called, uh, is it Sarepath? He said, I have prepared me a widow woman. To do what? To feed thee. Imagine that Elijah said, How can I go to what is that ugly name? I'm going to Jerusalem. What will have happened to him? He will die on the way. There is a place, a time, and a location for divine appointment. And when you prepare yourself for it, I pray for you one more time. God will raise help unto you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. It was that day that we said, Jacob made reference. And I want to just tell someone here today, you need an open heaven encounter. You need what? Because it's a reference point. So that when you look back, you can always say, uh, on so, 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 and so date, God appeared to me. And this is what he told me. And I'm holding on to it. Tell somebody I'm holding on to it. And I want to, I, I want to encourage someone here today. Hold on to that word. Because the Bible says what? The vision is for what? It's for an appointed time. Though it tarry, do what? It shall come to pass. The vision shall come to pass. There may be a delay. But delay is not denial. Once in a while, it may look as if God has forsaken you. But I want to tell you, God has not forsaken you. I've shared it, I've said it here before. There are days I woke up and I was coming to church and my, all my mind is that nobody will come to church. And so when the first person comes to me, I say, ah, somebody has come. 
I'm not telling anyone, no, this is me. And then somebody else shows up. Ah, we are going to have service today. It's not going to be my, my wife and my children alone. Brethren, we all have battles that we fight. We all have battles we cannot share with any man. You have battles that you can't share with your husband. True or false? You have battles you cannot share with your wife. But the Bible says, He that created the eyes, shall he not see? He that created the ears, shall he not hear? He said, He that chastised the heathen, Shall he not correct? He sees your situation. He hears your cry. He knows how far you have come. Uh, but much more importantly, there is something called the glory that lies ahead. How many of us are prepared for that glory? You will have an encounter with that glory in Jesus' name. You will manifest that glory in Jesus' name. You need an open, open encounter as a reference point for the glorious things that lie ahead. It was for Jacob. It will be for you in the name of Jesus. When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, his life and ministry was a series of open heaven encounters. A what? A series. The day that Christ was baptized, I mean, was baptized, Genesis, I mean, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. The Bible says, when he was baptized and went up out of the water, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And then the Lord spoke. God will speak to you. Amen. You see, with every open heaven encounter, there is a voice. There is a voice. That gives you an assurance of what God will do. The Lord said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. That was the beginning of his ministry. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 5, when Jesus was preparing to go to Jerusalem, when he was preparing for his trials and his crucifixion, he had another open heavens encounter. The Bible says they went to the mountain. He went with Peter, James, and John. He was changed before them. He said, shone as the sun. His raiment as white as light. And there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah. And they were talking to him. They were encouraging him. They were telling him that the journey ahead is the most crucial part of your destiny. They wanted him to be assured that look, that's why Moses and Elijah came, that we've gone through this process. It's not easy. It's tough. But if you are able to go through this successfully, the crown is yours. That's what they were telling him. They were telling him that look, all that you've done is nothing compared to what you are about to do. They encouraged him. And so, there was nothing that could be done when he began that next phase. He knew he must go to the cross. He knew he must die. He knew his blood must take the place of the blood of, the blood of bulls and goats. And he knew 
that there was a resurrection. He knew that he could, if he could meet Moses and Elijah on this earth, that he would yet meet Moses and Elijah at his glorification. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, the Bible says, when Jesus had spoken to his disciples, while they beheld, what happened? He was taken up. A cloud received him out of their sight. That was another open heaven experience. It was there at the beginning. It was there when he was going to the cross. It was there when he did what? He went to the heavens. And that takes us to a very important mystery concerning our Christian life. The mystery of the rapture. The mystery of what? There is an open heaven that takes all humanity to the place of rest for as many as are prepared. The question for us today is, are you prepared? Please ask your neighbor, are you prepared? prepared. Or maybe better still, are you preparing? preparing? Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. If your neighbor is not asking, your neighbor does not love you. Ask your neighbor, are you prepared? Now ask that your neighbor, are you preparing? Because the Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 50, he said, now I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit what? Incorruption. We are going to a place where there is no corruption. We are going to a place where flesh and blood has no place. We are going to a place where there is no weakness. There's no weakness. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Tell somebody, I will be changed. I will be changed. Because this one now is personal. Some who can determine, can make up their mind that ah, I'm too beautiful to be changed. Ah, why would they change this beauty? Some who can decide that. So it's you who will decide that what? I will be changed. Because the Bible says, he said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. He said, when the corruptible have put on incorruption, and the mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. What is that saying? Is that, is, is that in your Bible? What is that saying? Death is swallowed up in victory. Death will be swallowed up. I say death will be swallowed up. I say death will be swallowed up. See, that's why you don't need to be afraid of death. Because one thing is assured, <laughs> if the Lord has not said it is your time, you ain't going nowhere. Do you understand that? Until God says it's time, death cannot touch you. And you can't afford to live life in fear. That's what many of us are doing. We are living life in fear of death. And somebody said cowards die many times before they die. How can you be a Christian and be a coward? Can you ask your neighbor, how can you be a Christian and be a coward? 
Those are two things that don't go together. Because as a child of God, you are not alone. Is that not so? You are not alone. There's a song we sing that says, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Throughout my journey, Jesus is with me. I'm not alone. Why are you not alone? You are not alone because somebody is with you. Who is that person? That's why you are not alone. That's why you need not fear. That's why the Bible says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will do what? I fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. They guide me. They instruct me. That is swallowed up in victory. Then look at the word making fun of death. It's a old death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The death will not be victorious over you. Amen. The grave will not be victorious over you. Amen. You know, the Bible says there is a second death. The second death is for those upon whom the grace is victorious. Because when we are caught up, when we rise, when we fly, I fly away, oh glory. I fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. Ah, when we, it's time for us to fly away, some people cannot and will not fly. Those are the people for whom death has recorded a victory. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Brethren, your presence here today is to re-examine yourself. Is to ask yourself, what sort of journey am I running? There is an open heaven encounter that can establish you for destiny. There is an open heaven encounter that can establish you for the rest of your life. Brethren, we are talking of Abraham today because he ran a successful race. But more importantly, there will come a day that the heavens will open. There will come a day that men need to fly into the sky. Either you are dead or you are alive. There will be a day, a day of reckoning. What will be your testimony? What will be your portion? Like I always say, he might even come on a Sunday like this. Praise and worship has just finished. Everybody is excited. And people start flying. Hallelujah. And some people will be here and be saying, I saw it. Will that be you? No. Some will be saying, oh, pastor was trying to make a point. The microphone just fell. <laughs> he just disappeared. I hope I will not be a lonely man in heaven. I hope I will not look around and be saying, where is sister so-and-so, where is brother so-and-so? I hope when I get there, I will say, ah, my sister, you are here. Welcome. Hallelujah. I hope I will say, my brother, oh, you made it. What? Welcome. Hallelujah. That's the essence of the race. That's the open heavens that we are looking forward to. It's the one that God will look at us and say, what? Welcome. Amen. Good and obedient servant. You've run a good race. There were hiccups. There were challenges. There were pitfalls. 
There were men that surrounded you whose essence was to make you to fall. But you did not fall. Or maybe you are falling. And if you are falling, you can rise again. If you are falling, you can do what? You can Don't be deceived, brethren. The devil does not give anybody anything that is permanent. Say, the thing of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. That's the summary of it. Are you obeying sin? Or are you challenging sin? Have you made up your mind? Don't uh, Ignore these people that are distracting us. <laughs> Have you made up your mind that this race to heaven I will not be found wanting? Heavenly race me I no go tired. Heavenly race I no go tired. Heavenly race I no go tired, I no go tired, I no go tired, heavenly race. I no go tired, heavenly race. I won't be tired, heavenly race. I no go tired, I no go tired. Look at the advice that uh, Paul gave in that passage. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, and that's my advice to you today, brethren, be ye, number one, steadfast. Be ye what? Steadfast. Be ye steadfast. Brethren, the more we continue, the more you realize that Christians are becoming fewer and that's what's going to happen. Fewer and fewer. But I say, be ye steadfast. Number two, be ye what? Unmovable. Unmovable. Stand on the truth. Stand on the truth of the word of God. And I say, well, always doing what? Abounding in the work of the Lord. Some of us are very steadfast, but we are steadfast in our secular job. When it comes to the things of God, that one is for pastor. We are unmovable in our secular engagement. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he does what? And loses his soul. Then he went on to say, what shall a man do what? Give in exchange. Many of us are giving things in exchange for our soul. The Lord will have mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, For as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's only your labor in the Lord that is what? Any labor that is not in the Lord is what? It's in vain. That's why Solomon said, Vanity upon vanity. Is it in your Bible? All is what? I want to just challenge you today. In all your endeavors, as you continue this race, put God first. What did I say? Put God first. Not second. Not third. Don't make God an afterthought. He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thought of what? Peace. And not of evil. 
to bring you to an expected end. You will, not, you will run a successful race. Amen. I said you will run a successful race. Amen. The heavens will open. And Jesus will come back again. Amen. Revelation 21 verse 1 to 17. He said, I saw what? A new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were what? They were passed away. There were no more seas. Many of us are telling lies simply because of the house we are building or because of the house we are buying. Give those houses how many years? 200 years. If the rapture has not taken place, they will be gone. Is that not so? Or maybe it's a tornado that will just come one day and wipe off everything. Those wonderful, I mean, we have some of our daddies here today. Daddy is here, our daddy over there, who can cut their mind back to our daddies here. But, but what I'm trying to talk about is in Nigeria. Cut your mind back to those days where they used to build all those, they call them castles. Is that not so? Richmond Castle. You will see it. Ah, before you step inside, you will remove your shoes off. Those houses go there today. What happens? Even if they say, come, you just be the caretaker and just take the house. Some people will say, no, I don't want. So what we were, what, what was glorious in those days is nothing now. That's the way of this world. That's the way of the, that, That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? And every other thing shall be added unto you. A new heaven and a new earth because this, this present world will do what? The Bible says it will be consumed with what? Fire. It will be consumed with fire. And that shall be a new revelation. What will be your portion in that new heaven? Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. What will be your portion? What will you see? What will he tell you? Welcome, good and obedient servant, or depart from me. You walk out of iniquity. I know you not. Are you yielded to sin or are you yielded to the word of God? Are you living your life as if heaven, heaven is temporal and earth is permanent? You've turned it upside down. You've forgotten that this life is for a short while. The Lord is talking to you today. Have you made him too small? Have you made up your mind that God, uh, you, you do your thing, I will do my thing. He's telling you, you better turn back. You better come back because there's still a way for you. Talk to him this afternoon. Tell him you are not going back. Tell him that where you have heard, you want to start afresh. Tell him that you want to build a house on the rock and not on sand. He's here for you. He's here to accept you. But eventually you are here, you've not given your life to Jesus. This is the time. This is the opportunity. You want to tell him, come into my life? You want to raise up your hand where you are and just say, Lord, I give my life to you. Is there anyone in the house that is saying, I want to give my life to Jesus? Or maybe there's someone online that said, today, I want to begin to run this race. Because of those our people who are online, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today and I yield my life unto you. I don't want to run this race by myself again. I want you to run this race by my side. I want you to guide me and lead me. 
Lord Jesus, come into my life. Write my name in the book of life that your blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary may not be in vain. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.